wasn't happy with it at all. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. And, of course, Straight Talk is now available on the Odyssey app and at the website, along with Lock and Load. Is that, that is also there. Very gracious of my people to be hosting the podcast there. What I'm about to present to you is complete and total satire, should not be taken seriously by anybody, but hey, I'm just doing the algebraic uh, math here as I look at what they're trying to do, what they're trying to make happen, and I've decided to roll with this myself. Hello, my name is Sergeant Frady. I am the operational NCO for Project Stand. Stupid theory and not developed. This is where we're going to transition from diesel-powered vehicles to electric combat vehicles. We took delivery of the first six, built off of the Ford F-150 Lightning chassis, costing $227,000 each. So we took them to Aberdeen. First, uh, we, we put them on a test track and two hard bumps, ruptured two of the batteries, and the electrolytic fluid in them erupted into flames that our fire department was unable to extinguish this. Then our public affairs got out there and issued a very nice press release about how well the four surviving ECVs had uh, performed while not mentioning the hulks that we pushed into the junkyard. Then we moved the testing to Fort Irwin, California, because we have to see how these things are going to work in the desert heat. We got four new ECVs added to the fleet to make up for the two that we had lost. Um, within hours, we began to experience some tire failures. That slowed our travel. That slowed our travel down. This also the the temperatures increased the pressure in the batteries until one battery casing ruptured and we had the thermal runaway. And all the test team could do with me as we watched the unquenchable flame turn it into a charred wreck was uh, we got out our MREs and we had lunch. So then they had built us a pair of million dollar EV charging stations. They were twenty seven miles from the nearest paved road powered by a full acre of solar panels installed on the habitat of the protected desert tortoise. And these uh, charging stations included asphalt-paved and blue-striped handicap-only parking spaces in front of the chargers. And when the test team arrived, they found that the intense heat of the sun had turned the asphalt into a sticky molten goo. Then we found out the charging cables were too short to reach us without parking in the handicap slot. So I, as the test director, told the team to park there anyway. Then we shoveled some dirt on the asphalt so they wouldn't get stuck walking around in that. Then they discovered the solar panels couldn't charge both vehicles at the same time and they required uh, 90 minutes. So while we were waiting on the vehicles to charge, we went and sat in a petroleum-powered vehicle in the AC. Then when we put the second pair of vehicles on the chargers, then a uh, helo it arrived and they landed nearby. The security officer checked the two vehicles being recharged, saw that neither had the proper handicap license, and wrote us some parking violations. $258 each. While I was in charge, I indicated I was not going to be the one paying them. By the time we got done, two more ECVs had become charred hulks because their batteries ruptured. And, uh, you know, test team was so far in the desert that all we could do was move, was move away and watch them burn. And our public affairs department showed up and issued another glowing press release about how great they had done. 
So then we decided to go to Fort Wainwright, Alaska, one of the few forts that didn't have its name changed due to a virtue signal because we need out, needed to test these under the conditions of a Arctic winter. Six more were delivered to me and my 26-member team, and we had a total of 11 electric vehicles to test. They spent $2 million for a contractor to build a solar charging station with four chargers and nearly five acres of solar panels. It was 76 miles from the nearest path. So, we started out at first light, headed to the first charging station. Two of the chargers could not be used because a bear, a bear had taken a liking to the taste of the charging cable insulation. These were unrepairable. So now we could only charge two at a time. And while the solar panels gave them enough energy to charge within 90 minutes, we ran out of daylight. So we had to wait till in the morning. So I decided we were going to remain back at the charging station and uh, go to our next objective, a multi, another multi-million dollar second charging station. On day four, while we, the, the, when the weather turned, a major winter storm reduced visibility to near zero. All charging stopped. And it also prevented air evacuation. So we had to shift into survival mode. We had two feet of snow all around us, bearing two, the two acres of solar panels. We ran out of diesel fuel on the second night that we'd brought for the heaters. So we were now in danger of freezing to death. So two of my soldiers ruptured two batteries. They beat on them with whatever tools they had to rupture the casing. Soon, we had a nice fire to push back the cold and save our lives. We had to sit there and watch it burn and, you know, burn the other ones. And uh, in the end, all six of them were just burnt to death, just gone. I submitted my report and I received notice that I was being suspended from duty and I was being charged with four felonies for the willful destruction of government property along with four counts of parking and on authorized vehicle in a handicapped space. I demanded a court-martial, and it was there that, uh, you know, I pointed out the desperate situation with our survival. And uh, we did what we did to survive. That's what we, you know, that's what soldiers do. And the judge agreed, and he dismissed all of the felony charges. But the judge, due to the nature of the charges, was unable to dismiss the parking tickets. And I had to pay fines totaling more than $1,000. That's all satire, of course. Not real. On the trajectory we're currently on, it could very easily become real. The, the thing about the military and the vehicles in the military, how are you going to recharge an electric plane in mid-flight? Are you going to tether to it and stay tethered to it? In, and what if that plane is also electric? If you're going to tether to it, are you going to have to stay tethered to it for four or five hours during the cruise? Because we're talking a whole lot of distance in four or five hours. This world is a fossil fuel world. The military is a fossil fuel military. It runs on that. Logistics. Logistics are everything. And if you can't get to where you got to go, you can't get into combat, you can't sustain combat, and you certainly can't win in combat. More than one time, I have been out in the field and we've had to do something that we referred to as field expedient. 
if my people were on the line and I had no other choice, I would not hesitate to destroy a piece of equipment to save my people. They eat first, I eat after them. They go to sleep first, I sleep after them. That's the way the military leadership works, or that's the way it's supposed to work. I take care of them. So, all of that while, you know, while satire and sort of far-fetched, at the same time quite possible. I'm being told that I definitely have a future in stand-up comedy if the radio thing doesn't work out. <laughs> But I mean that's I mean that's the way it is, right? I mean, I heard just the other day in Scotland, altogether they've chopped down 12, 12 million trees to make room for a wind farm. But we know that if we just planted a trillion trees, we would take care of this whole air thing. And here we are chopping down trees. So I, I guess for the for the climate change cult, if you're going to uh, if you're going to break you know make an omelet, you're going to have to break a whole bunch of eggs. It's the most ridiculous grift I've ever seen in my life. It, it, it just continually rebounds on itself. It's like, it's like punching a bag that keeps coming back and hitting you back. That, that's, that's, that's the climate change grift. I saw an unforced error the other day. I, and I was stunned. Stunned by it. Stunned by it. And, uh, yeah, when you look at this, you're sort of thinking, wow, do you do I want you in charge of the free world? This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. You want to know the problem with uh, candidates today? The candidates today are run way too much by their own ego. The candidate has to be a little bit smarter than that. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. And the podcast is out yonder. Why did that not unmute when I did that? The podcast is out yonder on the Odyssey app. And also on 989WORD.com. A good consultant knows how to get his candidate to focus. Focus is very important. And whenever you see a politician getting up and saying something that just seems like absolute stupidity, this is a clear-cut indicator to you of two things. One, the candidate is being run by the ego. Two, his staff is full of a bunch of idiots. I do not for one minute think that Trump is unbeatable in the primary. He absolutely has the edge. And I want to see him go into a primary, and I want to see him debate, and I want to see him show what he used to show. I don't know that he still has it. I need to see it. But every one of them has the capacity to beat him. Now, the problem is they don't have the capability of beating him. Case in point. If I were Ron DeSantis, this would be my message. Hi, I'm Ron DeSantis. What I have done 
in Florida. I intend to do for the rest of the United States. I will lead with freedom as my primary objective. I will roll back everything Biden has done. We're out of the Paris Accords. We're out of this. We're out of that. I'll go take that thing out of the NDAA. All of you gun people are objecting to. I will do all of this. And then I'm going to go out there and I'm going after the alphabet agencies. Because while I believe in what President Trump tried to do, I know how to actually make that happen. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't go to school to figure that out. Because what Trump did last time was he addressed the needs of the constituents, the wants and the desires of the people that were voting for him. DeSantis, he's been making, I mean, he, he came out the other day <laughs> and he said that the allegations of the 2020 election that was being stolen was unsubstantiated. That's sort of like saying Joe Biden being involved in Hunter Biden's business. That's been unsubstantiated. See, now, what we haven't had, well, I guess what would substantiate it would be if, I guess, if uh, whoever is in charge of, who is running the Democratic Party right now? Is it still uh, Harrison? If they were to get out there and say, well, you know, we stole the election, then everybody go, oh, well, now it's been substantiated, so it must have been true all along. Ditto with Hunter Biden's business. And why, why would you say that? Why would you say that? I understand that you're going after the nomination. I understand that you have to do things and you have to attack other candidates. Totally get it. Understand that. However, this has nothing to do with any candidate. This has to do with the way it was put together against a candidate. And this took the whole thing and took all, all shreds of credibility from the election process and threw them away. He said, the way you conduct a good election that people have confidence in, you don't change the rules in the middle of the game, you don't ballot harvest, you don't do Zuckerbucks, including with agencies like Facebook to censor things. You don't do that. Didn't you just admit it? Didn't you just point out everything that was wrong with it? So, but, so you're saying, despite all that stuff happening, it was all free and fair the way Jimmy Carter used to say of Venezuela's elections. You say that Joe Biden... The voters for Joe Biden, he really got 81 million of those votes. All of those votes were legit. Joe Biden won fair and square. And so I guess now the now you have to extend this. <laughs> you have to extend this because uh, Trump's not the only one that believes that the election was stolen. You know? Is he saying there was no secret bipartisan campaign to save the 2020 election, as Molly Ball famously bragged in her Times Magazine piece? He sounds like he's actually on board with the bipartisan element. So that means he's going Bush. And the messaging is contradictory to what he actually does, and that's the confusing part. None of the shenanigans that went on in the other states during that election happened in Florida. The extended counting, the junk mail balloting, the weird midnight shifts in direction, the ballot harvesting, the dirty voter rolls, none of that happened in Florida. So why did you have to reform that if that was actually not a thing? How can that be a selling point if you don't believe it actually happened? He undercuts his own statement by what he does. 
How are you going to sell the voters now, dude? If it was all free and fair, why did you spend the money to make these reforms? You owned yourself with this. You know, there was an odd... They, they stopped counting ballots at 2.30 a.m. in multiple states, and that resumed with a sudden change of voting direction across the board for Joe Biden. Uh, they went home for the night as if it were normal in a hotly contested election. And then they didn't go home for the night. Recall those rolling suitcases in Atlanta once the observers were gotten out of the room? Fox News was calling Arizona for, for Biden, despite the numbers on screen contradicting that. So... You damaged yourself, sir. And I mean, I, I really looked at you as sort of one of these guys that could uh, actually navigate the maze that is the federal government. And I don't know that anybody can actually do that because I don't even know if the bureaucrats know how to do that. It's such a interwoven mesh of nonsense. But are you telling us, the ones that voted for Trump, that we're stupid? That, you know, 75 million votes for, for our president that, uh, you know, in a rigged election, he got 75 million votes. And somehow or other, you're saying that Joe Biden got 81 million. And that difference of 42,000 votes in those six places. I'm going to, you know what, I'm, I'm going to start my own consultancy business. I'm looking for a few good men or women. We just need to be able to go into the, uh, you know, go into the candidates and say, look. Here's the deal. This is what I need you to do. And this is what's going to happen. And I want to be paid up front for everything I'm about to do for you. If you get on stage in front of a mic and you start talking a bunch of nonsense that you're about to sink yourself with, after I do all this work for you, I will be coming on stage with a cricket bat. I will tag you in the side of your, the closest side of your little melon. And then I will scream into the mic, we're having a technical difficulty, excuse me, while I take the governor aside and uh, have a little conference with him. And then, if you do everything I say, then you're going to win this election. If you jump the shark, well, we're just going to let it feed. I saw this thing, and I, I found this quite interesting. The, uh, do you remember the Tucker automobile? They basically took it down the same way they're trying to take Trump down. Just a rehash of things the way they were back in the olden times. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. You know, everything that they do today, it's not new stuff they're doing. They've done it before. They've done it before. The GS Plumbing Talk line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. I am texting or texting. I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page and Straight Talk, Lock and Load, they are both. You can find those on the Odyssey app. Who remembers the movie? What was it called? Tucker, The Man and His Dream. Jeff Bridges played Preston Tucker. In 1948, and I mean, this, 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 75 years ago, right? 75 years ago, 1948, um, all the cars being made by the big three were simply refreshes from 1942 because they ceased automobile production and everything went into the war effort. So in 1948, a 1948 Chrysler, for example, was actually a 1942 Chrysler. It just hadn't been built yet until 1948. So 
the pres the, the Tucker automobile was a very different vehicle, very fresh. In the movie, they 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 strongly suggest that the legal system was uh, brought to bear against Mr. Tucker. Since that film, the legal problems became a distant memory. But uh, here here's a few things. This is. This is the playbook they used against Tucker, which is also the playbook they're using against Trump. First of all, have a, po a political, powerful political officeholder task a major federal agency to launch a surprise investigation of the target. Now, Tucker maintained that Senator Homer Ferguson was behind the entire matter, but evidence proved uh, to his di uh, direct connection with the head of the agency performing the actual investigation never came up. But a federal district court uh, jury today heard testimony that uh, Senator Homer Ferguson, Republican of Michigan, was hell-bent on jailing Preston Tucker and that an IRS official in the city told an agent to get incriminating evidence any way possible. Two, immediately leaked news of the pending investigation to the media to turn public opinion, investors, and supporters against the target. On June 6, 1948, Drew Pearson, with his radio program, syndicated nationwide and announced there was going to be this huge investigation into Tucker. And, uh, and that began all the hyperbole about how it was going to wreak havoc on Tucker. And that was unusual because the investigation hadn't really begun. But this particular guy knew how it was going to go. Number three, have a, the federal agency show up and, uh, unannounced to review the records of the target and then blow anything found out of proportion to justify a deeper investigation and subpoenas. Preston Tucker sold stock, started building cars. The SEC, headed by Harry McDonald, coincidentally from Detroit, began investigating Tucker. Do not know why. Remember now, this is all coming out of Detroit when Detroit was still Motor City, USA. When Tucker asked why, they replied that they found deficiencies in connection with the stock offering and the annual report. Number four, use the agency's final report to bring charges before a grand jury with a cherry-picked information set to help secure criminal indictments against the target. They turned all of this over to a grand jury. There's no defense in a grand jury. The prosecutor can bring in whatever evidence they want, cherry-pick it, and tell the grand jury, look, we've got this here evidence. We want to file indictments to indict people. Number five, then you find disgruntled employees, staff, business associates willing to testify against the target. So they went through the report and they picked the best disgruntled employees they could find and the best documents out of context that they could find in an attempt to make this look like it was a better case than it really was. Number six, withhold confidential and exculpatory information in the final government report from the target's defense team while leaking the full report to the prosecution prior to the trial. This is a big one because both sides should be getting information at the same time. This is called discovery. And uh, that when they gave the report to the prosecution, they used that as a blueprint, and they did. Tucker's legal defense was denied access to the report and that while the prosecution claimed in court not to be using it in the case, later on they admitted to having had it. Number seven which is how this works out because most of the time there's no, not going to be anything criminal found there because nothing criminal happened. If acquitted of charges, encourage lawsuits by disgruntled investors. So 
Tucker faced lawsuits from those who'd invested, bought dealerships on pre-ordered cars, and it, something that led to his bankruptcy and the auction of the factory and its contents followed. This looks very similar to the version being used to destroy Trump today. It almost seems... I was looking at text. Uh, it almost seems to me like they they actually read up on this. And the the the, the Tucker the Tucker vehicle uh, it was it was it was going to be revolutionary. It was it was going to be something else. Um, there was only so many of those made. I, I think there was only three that ever actually got built. Fifty. There was fifty Tuckers. In uh, total versus many thousands of 1948 cars being sold. So this was something new and exciting. It was an option, and they came in and slammed it, remember? And uh, that was done because of the nation's, uh, the, the political connections to big business. Because everybody doing this was coming out of Detroit. And this was going to be a threat to them because all they could put out were cars that were actually the the model the the actual design of the car was six years old where this was brand spanking new and and go look up go look up any 1948 car and then look up a 1948 tucker and just remember that uh tastes were a little different back then because <laughs> some of you might I, you know i looked at it and i was like wow this is a dick tracy car dick tracy was a comic book character children back in the days he actually had a watch a watch uh, phone, which sort of makes my Apple Watch seem sort of ridiculous, but he had one, and it was video, too. You should go check him out. He had the squarest jaw of any man known, and he wore a fedora. It was spectacular back in the day. But I, I, I saw that, and I was just thinking, wow, this is something interesting. On the text line, Bill, they say if you play a country song backwards, you get everything back, your wife, your cat, your dog. I wonder if we pay the last uh, three years worth of uh, mainstream news backwards, will we get our country back? Probably not. It'll just seem like we're gibbering idiots. Because if you look at the news and read the news out loud, I mean, that that's one of the things I try to do. I try not to actually read it verbatim or look at it verbatim because that drives me crazy. But for every action, there is an equal but opposite reaction. Because all these young men of Generation Z, guess which way they're skewing. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. This is the soft nanny state. When I, you know, when, when I was in the military, when I joined the military in 1984, there were still guys being sent to the military who were given a choice of jail or the military. When I joined the military in 1984, you could still, I still got punched by my drill sergeant. I didn't turn him in at all. And you know what? We were awesome. We got on the ground and we free wheeled. We were a superpower all over the place, wherever we went. If we wanted to lay waste to your little country, we were going to do it. No matter how big it was, no matter what you thought you could do. In the 70s and the 80s and even 90s, we were the big dogs on the porch. Right now, 
the way things have worked out, a lot of young men are even afraid, afraid to uh, even talk to a female, which is sad. A long time ago on Wade Hampton Boulevard, where Bob Jones is now, there was a Winn-Dixie store. And I got my first job at the Winn-Dixie store. And I was a bag boy. And all the cashiers were, were female. So I got to talk to all these pretty girls. And eventually, after I got to know one of them, I asked them out. And that's the way I dated. I got to know somebody that I was interested in. And I would ask them out. Sometimes I would ask them out and they'd be no. And I didn't retreat into a shell and fall into a, into the you know the the into some sort of a contorted position or anything. I just said, "Oh, okay," and moved on, because there were other pretty girls up and down that line. And then when I got a little older and I started going places where other pretty girls were, I could talk to more. And you know what? Back then, I didn't have to worry about talking to a pretty girl and being accused of raping her or anything else like that, because nothing like that happened. All of that, I mean, I'm, I'm very happy. I, I would, if, if I were to go back and be young again, I would just want to go be young in the same era in which I've existed. I'm not a big fan of the Megan Rapinoe's who could just get out there and go, girl power! The saving grace may be the snowflakes that I thought were snowflakes. So, gentlemen, you have my apology. When we get back, uh, you know... It must be, I think every time Nikki Haley opens her mouth, she inserts everything all the way up to her fourth point of contact. We'll see. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. <laughs> 